It's the Americhicks with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. All right, this is John Rush filling in for Kim Munson. And we have Cassie George and Damn Muir. And Dave is our engineer for today. So it's the Ameridude and one Americhick. Uh, Ameridudes. Ameridudes. Sorry, I'm, I'm a dude, too. I was hoping they wouldn't refer to me as the Americhick. Are you, are you haven't transitioned to so, the Americhick? No, I'm not Danielle yet. I'm still Daniel or Dan, but you not Danielle are, yet. You guys are guest Are you getting close? No, not, I haven't, haven't really even thought about it, but, you know, it could happen. All right, so I, not why really. Kim left the mic in our hands, I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. I really don't know why. So maybe, the, maybe, I don't think she realized what she sleeping, was doing. She probably so. is. Yeah, I was listening to the we'll intro, and I was know. thinking, man, she's smart. Yeah, she's a lot smarter than well, us. I mean, by There's far. no clips like that from our show. So I, do you think we should just apologize in advance to yeah, her listening thanks. audience? Kim, for, we're sorry, and lowering audience. lowering their IQ down. Very much so. Yeah, I think so. Because on, on Rush to Reason in the afternoons from 3 to 7, we have a rule. No words over $25. That's a fact. Yes. Because we can't understand them no. if they do. We can't. Then we have to have our listener define or, you know, our caller define right. it. No, I'm that doesn't work. By the way, lines are open. If you want to call in and chat about anything, the uh, Kentucky Derby, the uh, plane crash in Moscow, you name it. We'll talk about anything. 303-477-5600. All right. Got a couple of jokes. I, right. know, I know Kim always starts with jokes. Yep, she does. And we're kind of the jokesters from three to seven anyways. Late one night. A mugger wearing a ski mask jumped into the path of a well-dressed man and stuck a gun in his ribs. Ooh. Give me your money, he demanded. Indignant, the affluent man replied, you can't do this. I'm a U.S. congressman. In that case, replied the robber, give me my money. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. A little boy wanted $100 so badly that for two weeks he prayed, but nothing happened. Oh. Then he... Decided to write a letter to the Lord requesting the $100. Well, there you go. <clears throat> when the uh, post authorities received a letter addressed to the Lord, USA, <clears throat> they decided to send it to President Obama. The president was so impressed, touched, and amused that he instructed his secretary to send the little boy a $5 bill, as this would appear to be a lot of money to a little boy. The little boy was delighted with the $5 and sat down to write a thank you note to the Lord. It said, Dear Lord, thank you very much for sending me the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you had to send it through Washington, D.C., and as usual, those jerks deducted $95. <laughs> That's a fact. So far, these are two true stories. I don't see the jokes in them. No? No. All right, one last one. And if somebody was at the uh, Lincoln Day dinner Saturday night, you may have heard a couple of these, but we'll say them again because most of you didn't. A government employee sat in his office and out of boredom decided to see what was inside his old filing cabinet. He poked through the contents and came across an old brass lamp. This will look good in my mantle, he said. And he took it home with him. While polishing the lamp, a genie appeared. We always want to see that genie. Oh, though. man, that'd be awesome. Should have liked the genie in the bottle song on right now. But anyways. Or how about the song? theme song to I Dream of Genie? Or, there we go. Yeah. As usual, the We're genie granted him three wishes. Cassie doesn't know what I Dream of Genie is. I would like an ice cold Coke right now. He gets the Coke and drinks it. Now that he can think more clearly, he states his second wish. <clears throat> I want to be on an island with beautiful women who find me irresistible. Suddenly, poof, 
He's on an island with gorgeous women, eyeing him lustfully. Then he tells his genie his third and last wish. I wish I'd never have to work again. Poof, instantly. He's back in his government office. (laughs) (laughs) And that, folks. That's good. It's actually pretty true. Now, if you're a government worker and you actually do work, we apologize, although I've never met you, so... (laughs) If I had, I would uh, probably not have given that joke because I don't know too many government workers that actually do do things. Yeah. Oh. What's that? Oh, Dan, Dave has Ooh, something. Dave's got something for us. Dave. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. Song Dime Genie Cassie. She was a babe. Oh man. Okay, first of all, if her first name was Barbara. Yeah, you know this show's going back. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> I guess that's, that's really a true. Statement. Never thought of that. Barbara Eden. Well, she was she was Genie though. It was Bar. It wasn't Barbara Eden. It was Genie. Yeah, Genie. Yeah, we just know we knew her all by the nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy. Yeah. So Dan and I remember so watching it, it every day. Oh, I dream of Genie. You don't. You've never seen I Dream of Genie. First of all, yeah, that would have been on like the you know the old old cable stations probably when I was growing up. I mean, it was, was it on? Was it on Nick at Night? Yeah, too old. Old, old. Was it on Disney Channel? No, so I didn't watch it. And Nick at Night. There you go. Yeah, Nick when? Dave says, in the 90s, oh, he the says. 90s. 90s. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> See, uh, Dan, Dan and I were watching the first runs of those shows. That's right. They were good. Oh, what? Well, we'll tell you the premise later. We don't want to take up all of Kim's airtime for talking about I Dream of Gene. I'm Much more important things to do. By the way, big announcement. Make sure that I say this twice today. Friday, this Friday, May 10th, 4 to 5.30, West Steps of the Capitol, the Old Mesa County Courthouse, and then in Gunnison, it's the IOOF Park. In Alamosa, it's the Market Street and Highway 160 location, Woodland Park, US 25, and Colorado 67. And in Montrose, it's the Demerit. Make sure I say that right. Demerit Park. And this is all for the event that Cassie announces on a regular basis. Don't you? I thought I did a commercial. So basically, it's a big powerful. rally. What, it's is, a big rally. What's the name of the rally? I don't have my notes. Stand for Colorado. There we go. Stand for Colorado. And you can go to the website. Oh, they're also at the, are they also at the state capitol? I said that. West Steps of the Capitol. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. No, it's early. And that's that basically. Old, old, those are old, old years, Dan. And by the way, we're seven minutes into the show, so I have no idea what's going on anymore. We still have no idea. <laughs> yeah, see? All right, real quick. Kentucky Derby. Did you guys watch Kentucky any of it? Kentucky Derby. Listen to, listen to any of it? I heard about it. I heard it was really a mess. It. You watched it, Dave? Dave watched it. I listened. Cassie, did you watch it or listen? I watched a little bit. Okay, so it ended not the way anybody expected it to end. Right, Dave? No Kentucky Derby has ever ended like that, ever. So it ends. The uh, maximum security. Maximum, Yeah, the horse maximum security basically crosses the finish line first. You know, and you, they're coming around the backstretch. Maximum security in the lead. I mean, you can hear the whole thing. Blah, blah, you know, on and on they go. Which he was a heavy favorite. Yeah, the heavy favorite. Four to one odds four is to all. One odds. I'm usually the heavy favorite, but not because of that reason. Usually it's at the dinner table. The one that won right. was like 64 to one. So the horse that actually, well, let me finish the story. So he wins. All the fanfare, hoopla. Oh, wait a minute. Time out. Oh, my Hang gosh. On. Because they called it the unofficial yeah, winner. We might have a which problem. They have to go back and look, which they do every time. They do. And, by, yeah. and, and by the way, folks, anybody out there listening, this is true with any race, car racing, you name it. There's always the unofficial winner until. Things behind the scenes get checked out. So, for example, in a car race, somebody wins the Daytona 500. It's the unofficial winner until the car is completely disassembled to make sure nobody cheated on anything when they raced. Seriously? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, that that car comes apart. 
completely. They do everything to check to make sure nobody cheated. Dave, go ahead. Oh, no, we got five minutes. Oh, we got five minutes. Oh, yeah, I thought he was waving at me. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so we got five minutes. Five minutes. Anyways, in this case of the Kentucky Derby, it's the unofficial winner. And evidently, and I haven't seen the footage. I, I apologize. I was busy yesterday and didn't get a chance to look at it. But evidently, the horse, what was the name of the horse again? Maximum Security. Maximum Security. You think I could remember that one? That'd be pretty easy. But Maximum Security somehow or another bumps another horse going around the track. And but from what I understand, he like, he like went into he got out of his line, right? Got out of line, and they say he blocked like Warwell, and there was another horse too. Which okay, from just, just as a side note, when it comes to racing. I mean, I, I realize, for, I, all of you horse people, please forgive me f- for saying this, but you're really super anal about some things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really anal about things, but you, you horse people are really anal about stuff. For example, in the car world when it comes to racing, there's this old rule. Rubbin' is racing. So why in the world that horse has to stay in one single line all the way around the track? Looks to me like those horse races would be a lot more fun if they could figure out a way to block each other, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, that'd be really exciting. Well, I, mean, I think you know, they, they kind little, of they kind of can. kicking the guy next to him, you know. Well, the next thing you know, the horses cool. would have pads and helmets and exactly. all sorts of fun stuff. Let's make I mean, the thing a lot great. more fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like the old um, what's the old uh, is, it, is it Spartacus where he's actually in the race and he's you know they're driving around in the chariot race and all that ben stuff. Ben Hur. Ben Hur. That's right, Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Good Dave. Thanks, Dave. So Ben Hur, you know where they actually there's a little action in the in the race. That's right. So maybe you know, the jockeys should have swords. <laughs> little spikes on their shoes. Any, anything to make things a little more exciting. I mean, the derby is exciting. Don't get me wrong. But, I'll, I'll, I mean, the, the horse moves a little bit. I mean, it's like, well, okay, really? No, I didn't see this, but I heard it was like a mud. The track was nothing but mud. It was mud. It rained all day. So how do you see your lines? I don't know. It was, it was, just, it was just nonsense. Do we have hard breaks well, here? There's today, no, the like. Okay, oh, they are. They're hard okay. breaks. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> Wow, this pressure's on now. Yeah, we got tightened it up. Wow. Here, right? <laughs> it up. Is not rush to reason, is it? No. Holy cow! By the way, we are from Rush to Reason in the afternoons, three to seven. Myself, Dan, Cassie, who this is her last show today. I'm yeah, she's abandoning reason. us. This is it your last day? It is. On Rush, to, you plan on going somewhere else? You're two timing us now, or what? No, definitely going not. to Texas and going to start your own show. What are you doing? That's Maybe. it. Maybe it'll be the the Cassie show. What would you call it? The Cassie Show. <laughs> yeah, just, just the Cassie Show? Cassie to Reason. It doesn't have the same that does, That's just nope. not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. You didn't finish your derby story. No, I just I think it's stupid. So anyways, the unofficial winner was not Maximum Security. It ended up being the house dude. Now, was it the <laughs> horse that the horse okay. bumped? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, but it was this horse, Country House. Yeah, so the house dude. I told you. That had 65 to 1 odds. Yeah, so whoever bet on that horse was a complete underdog. Heyday. Won yeah. a boatload. Man. So how'd they determine that the house or the the horse with the name of the house with the worst Country odds? House. Yeah, how did they figure it was a winner? Because he was that? he was, was number he two. second place? Yeah, he was second place. Oh, so then he just got So he wasn't place. even supposed to be in the lead pack anyway, and he was. That's neck and neck. Underdog <laughs> wins. <laughs> now have you seen a picture of these jockeys like when they're done? They're covered in mud. Well, yeah, because the track was just a mess. Yeah. And I, one thing I will never be. What's that? Just because of sheer size, a jockey. No, me either. I'm more like the guy that will ride the Budweiser Clydesdales. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Usually you that's in a wagon. Them. That's what I mean. Usually. In the wagon. Going that's slow. Right. Going slow. Yep. So there's actually pictures where you can see where maximum security is bumping is kind of. Again, I think they should change the whole thing. Make it more like, you know, NASCAR. What, like roller cars but over horses? No, NASCAR. I mean, if NASCAR, they bump a little bit, nobody wrecks, it's no big deal. Just go. Keep racing. Who cares? It's part of the deal. Yeah, I mean, who cares yeah, if you get but... thrown off your horse and trampled by the other 16 yeah, big behind deal. you? Who cares? Yeah, big deal. Well, people die that way. They always way. say the horse will never hit the or stomp well, on the riders. Uh, When's the last time yes, a guy died? horses definitely will stomp on their riders. Do you think a horse can stop that fast? Oh, yeah. They, no they way. <laughs> When's the last time a guy no died way. racing horses? All right, well, we got to go to break. So guy dies racing horses. I'm used to talking before the break, but in this case, I guess just listen to the messages and we'll all... The Dan, three of us will be yeah, right the back. The three of us, Dan and I, the knuckleheads, you know, Cassie, we're not including in that, but no. Dan and I will be back here in just one moment. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. The mortgage process can be stressful, and with a potential increase in interest rates, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-517-7173. With over 30 years of combined experience, Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook of Home Mortgage Alliance have the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. They will remain available seven days a week and they will always respond quickly to your calls because they pride themselves on their excellent customer service. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-517-7173. 303-517-7173. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. For your initial style consult, Kim at AmeriChicks.com. All right, we are back. The Amera dudes and Cassie, the Amera chick. Yeah, we're in for Kim Munson, who's the real Amera chick. Who's a lot? Yeah, those of you that are listening to this uh, dial normally uh, this time of day and you're wondering who are these knuckleheads? Well, we're on every day from three to seven. That's right. And Kim will be back tomorrow, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, she will be. Uh Yeah, Joe, you're up. What's going on, sir? Is Cassie really going to Texas? Where are you going? I am leaving, but John wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. Is it? Are you going to Texas? Yes. Well then, you need to uh, you need to bone up on your uh, Texas Aggie jokes. Do you know any? Oh uh, no, I don't. I well, do know what an Aggie is, though, so <laughs> I guess that helps. Well, you heard of Texas A and M, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. So here's a couple for you. What's the difference between a, uh, a Texas A and M coed and a parrot? I don't know. You can teach the parrot to say no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Now, why did they have to put AstroTurf down in the Texas A&M football stadium? I don't know. To keep the cheerleaders from grazing at <laughs> halftime. Keep the girls from eating it. That's right. Uh. 
So, I mean, you, you could do a whole show on Texas jokes, but I just look up Texas. You could Google Texas Aggie jokes. You got to get, Cassie, if you're going to be in Texas, you got to know. And are you familiar with the phrase all hat, no cattle? All hat, no, no cattle. Have you ever heard that, Cassie? No. You know what it means? Explain, Joe. With cowboys? I don't know. No, no. Uh, all talk, you know, a guy talks big, you know, talks like he's oh. the biggest part of rancher. All hat, no cattle. So you gotta, mm. you gotta gotta learn all these Texas stuff if you're gonna go down there. So yep. Google yeah. te- Texas Joe, Texas sayings, so you're you don't have, you don't wanna seem like an outsider if you know. Yeah, there you go, I'm Joe. Trying to figure out how to insert y'all into sentences. Y'all. Now by the way, it interesting is- thing, you all, we have a bunch of biblical scholars here. Do you know where you all are, are, originates from? You all, you all, let me think. Let me think. No. If you own a King James Bible, it's the last two words in the Bible. And may God bless you all. Amen. Y'all. Y'all. God bless y'all. All right, guys. All right, last Joe. Good talking to you as usual. Right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Glad somebody's listening. Yeah. We got one listener. Y'all. All right, y'all. Y'all come back now. You hear? What was that from? <laughs> what show was that, Dan? Y'all come back now. You hear? Was that hee-haw? Was that hee-haw? Hee-hee-hee-haw. Ha-ha-ha. Hee-haw. It could have been hee-haw. Hee-haw was a great show. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was a choice Depending upon what grandparents' house we were at, it was either Hee Haw at one family or Lawrence, Lawrence Welk, Welk at the other. Oh, God. Let me just say, oh. as a kid, oh. the choice wasn't Lawrence Welk. No. Why? Oh, what was gosh. that? Lawrence Welk? Let's just look it up. Yeah, just look was it up. Was he boring? Well, you think? <laughs> Especially when you're 10. Yeah, look up Lawrence what, Welk. What, you didn't want to learn something? Um, just look it up. seemed educational. I, I really think Lawrence Welk was for the you know, plus 65 crowd. <laughs> oh, it was like plus 85. Yeah, it could be. Oh, Lawrence Welk show. Yes, the Lawrence Welk Show. How long was he on? Forever. There. There you go. Oh. A one, two, three. Yeah, that's all I remember. A one, two, too? three. Wasn't yeah, oh, yeah, the bump champagne. Machine, right? The last day. So dance, he just, like, played stuff. music? Yeah, it was, yeah, and Hee Haw was much better. Oh, that, the, people, the girls on Hee Haw were much better looking, by uh, the way. You were 10. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dan? That's right. All right, real quick, an announcement. The Colorado Republican Party has hired, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, and I'm sorry, it's LX is the first name. So Lex, Lex, do I say, Lex. say that correct? Lex Fanginilo, I think is how I'm how saying the last name correctly. F-A-N-G-O-N-I-L-O, as its new executive director, said Ken Buck on Friday. Uh, Fanginilo, Fanginilo, I'll get this correct here. See, see, there's a reason why we have the $25 rule, Dan. Exactly. Because we can't pronounce anything less, or no. over that, I mean. Anyways, he most recently worked as the Michigan State Director for the Republican National Committee. He takes over for uh, Shauna Banberger, the party's executive director, since 2014. He'll play a, a pivotal role in our 2020 election strategy to elect Republicans up and down the ticket across Colorado, Buck said. We must unite and strengthen the Colorado Republican Party, reach out to unaffiliated and Democrat voters to reelect President Trump and Cory Gardner and other state and local Republican candidates. So we did learn on uh, Saturday night from Ken Buck that President Trump will concentrate heavily on Colorado in the 2020 election because he, there's two states he wants to flip for sure. Nevada, Colorado. Oh, fantastic. So you will see a lot more things going on here in Colorado when it comes to, you know, the, the, the Trump campaign and so on, because uh, that is one thing that Ken Buck said on Saturday night at the uh, Lincoln Day dinner for the Adams County GOP, is that, that Trump wants to see those two states, at least those two states flip. But those are two that he's really, really, you know, I think were uh, 
probably the right words to say, were heavy on his heart from the last election that he didn't win those two states. Now, how pivotal are they when it comes to electoral votes and so on? Not very, because we don't, you know, we don't count a ton on that, but we still have a voice on electoral votes, right? Well, it could mean the difference. If it you, comes down to, you know, what, how many do we have? How many does Colorado have, by the way? I don't remember. Electoral uh, votes? Yeah. So, see how many Colorado has. Look up Colorado and Nevada, by the way. I think Colorado. Nine. Nine. I was going to say okay. ten, but okay, yeah, nine, so we ten. have nine. So, you know, if it comes down to, you know, what, what, yeah. how many is Nevada, real quick? I'm guessing about the same. Maybe a little less. No, they'd be less. Really? Because of less population, right? Yeah. How many is Nevada had? <clears throat> Must have seven or eight, I'm guessing. So probably what? A total of like 15 votes, mm-hmm. maybe? But it takes a long time in the morning. Oh, how Computers. many electoral votes? Yeah, Computer doesn't have coffee yet. Six. Oh, they have six. Okay, so fi- I was right. So 15. So basically there's 15 electoral votes right there. That, To your point, Dan, if it gets really, really tight... 15, 20 could be it. Okay, we just got a correction. Yes. Uh, it was Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, that's right. right. You're yep. correct. Yep. And Thank was, you, listener. Yeah, that was, well, I was actually the guy that's in charge of the show in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> really? He doesn't want any false information coming out. Oh. Because well, this is should, important stuff. And he should have had us on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for correcting us. Anyways, we have a new state uh, executive director for the Republican Party and... Uh, and we heard right from Ken Buck on Saturday night that they will, there is going to be a, a different uh, just strategy and things that will be happening in Colorado. And the, the National Party uh, is also realizing there's a lot of things in Colorado that we need to get done and handled and taken care of. So I think you'll even see our, our funding be a little different this time around than it's been in the past. So good. good well, did you invite Ken back onto our afternoon show, Rest Reason? I did. In fact, what Ken would like to do, and we're going to get this set up, Cassie will help do this, is he would like to start doing a weekly segment in the afternoons right. on Rush to Reason. Good deal. Where we can talk about all the different things coming up, not just not just on the Trump campaign, but things going on in Washington, D.C. as well. Yeah, because he is the new uh, party chair here. He's a party chair, Colorado. but still a representative as well. That's right. Uh, for, for uh, I think, our uh, District 4 here in He's got to be thinking that the Dems have gone totally Looney Tunes back there. Um, yeah, that's, that's that goes without saying. Speaking of which, when we come back here, I know we've got a break here just a little bit here. Uh, I, I've got 18 ways that Colorado lawmakers have changed our life so far this year. 18 mm. ways. Thought we'd go through each one of those. I think we're think? lucky it's only 18. Yeah, at this point. We're lucky it's not 180. Exactly. Well, they want to turn us around 180 degrees. That's right. And go the other direction. They do. And by the way, they've uh, they've done a pretty good job of that so far here in Colorado. Yeah, they have. So it's I, devastating what they've done so far. Um, yeah. The other thing we learned, and I've got this in my notes as well, on Saturday I had a great speaker. We actually interviewed her uh, this last week. Janet, what was Janet's last name? Janet Porter. Port, Janet Porter, who has been one of the key, or actually one of the, has been the key leader in these heartbeat bills across the country where we've seen basically abortion, you know, as far as the law is concerned, end, if you would. I mean, not completely, but as much as possible. What the heartbeat bills do is they basically change the law to say no abortions after the after heartbeat can be found. Mm-hmm. Which only makes sense. I mean, who can then, argue at that point whether it's a baby But are they required to do an ultrasound and even have a heartbeat? I believe. So what if they just go in and they go, "Oh, sorry, you know, you're two months along, but there's no heartbeat. We can't find it." I, I, and, we, and, we, and I wish we could have asked uh, Janet more about that on Saturday night. But I've got it in my notes here. It's an article right now. You just, interesting enough, was in the Denver Post over the weekend. While constitutional lawyers, uh, ethicists, and theologians 
in descending order of importance in the abortion debate have been arguing in the 46 years since the Supreme Court attempted to settle the debate. Some, some technologies have been making a consequential contribution to it. They have developed machines that produce increasingly vivid sonograms of fetal development. This, this consecrates part, or this, this concreteness partially explains the intensification of the debate. In other words, because of this new technology that we now have that will show the development of a baby and how early that development happens, it's changing a lot of arguments because we're now seeing, which we've all, as, as Christians, most of us have known this for years and years anyways, but, but these machines are basically backing up what a lot of us have thought from day one, that the baby starts to develop the minute it's conceived. Well, and here's what I think a lot of people are realizing is that if you're going to support abortion, then you have to admit that you're killing a baby. That's why, you know, when they're playing the ultrasounds in, you know, over loudspeakers and she was kind of talking about that, how they've gone and they've done that, in, you know, in Times Square and all over that they've, you know, played the heartbeat for people. And at that point, like the protesters who said they, they just they, have nothing to they say. stop That's right. because even they realize that, you know, they're they're saying that they're OK with killing a baby. So if you want to have abortion? Fine. But admit that you're killing a human. Six states. This is interesting to you, by the way. This, and by the way, this is a this is a comment or an article out of the Denver Post. I don't agree with these words. Six states have passed heartbeat bills to ban abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detectable. Approximately six weeks after conception, such bills, this, this is why I say these are not my words, such bills are indeed unconstitutional given the court's Roe v. Wade, that abortion cannot be restricted before a fetus is viable outside the womb, which means presumably before the fetus is a child. Again, first of all, Roe v. Wade doesn't mean that that was the correct ruling. In other words, just because the Supreme Court ruled that way in Roe v. Roe v. Wade doesn't make them correct, Right. Dan? That's right. Absolutely. In fact, uh, we could go back further if, if this particular person that writes this article would like to have a little argument. We could go all the way back to the Dred Scott ruling. Was the Supreme Court correct in that ruling? Absolutely, positively not. There has been many, many situations where the Supreme Court has ruled and ruled wrongly. Those guys aren't God, folks. Mm-mm. It's the Supreme Court. And Dan and I talk about this in the afternoons a ton. They, they should not be allowed to have the power that they have. They do so because people listen to them, but there are certain, frankly, presidents and otherwise that would, I think it would behest them to thumb their nose at the Supreme Court at times. Mm. Yeah, it really would. It and, sh- and put them in their place. Absolutely. Because the, the Supreme Court has no ability to, to enforce what it just determined. Well, that's right. And, and not only that, but, with the, but then Congress is supposed to go back and correct things correct. to make the law. Right now, we just let whatever ruling stand. And leave it that way. And, and, and we, we don't go do back that. and correct anything. No, we need you, to. You're right. And we, we, should, we should do that things. correctly, and we are not doing that. So, all right, we have Jason McBride coming up here in just one moment, and I will do my best to handle Jason because I've listened to the show enough to, I think, know what yes. he we is will do senior, and handle. He's the Senior Vice President of Presidential Wealth Management. Which is one of our great sponsors of yes, AmeriChicks. All right, so right. we'll be back. Talk to Jason here in just one second. This is the AmeriChicks. I'm John Rush, your host, filling in for Kim Munson, Cassie George with us today, and Dan Muir. We are actually on Rush to Reason in the afternoons from 3 to 7 p.m., and I don't know why Kim gave us the mic today, but... <laughs> she did. So She's wondering now, too. Jason McBride will be up next. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. 
Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The Americhicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Insurance Claim Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. during ATX. Ask the experts on KLZ 560. All right, the Americhicks, John Rush, your host, Jason McBride, joining us now, presidential brokers. Jason, welcome. I know you normally talk to Kim, but you're stuck with me today. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, well, I think you guys are stuck with me. We so apologize. both ways, right? Yeah, we're good. We're good. So, hey, what's going on in the financial world? Well, it looks like we're going to have a pretty darn rough day in the markets here. Trump uh, came out and kind of surprisingly brought up the specter of tariffs on China again on about 300 and some a uh, billion worth of goods coming in. 25% so, increase or something is what I heard, right? Yeah, yeah. So people, I think people were thinking we might be getting close, and so now it looks like maybe the talks are uh, getting a little bit tough again, and the markets are not happy. It looks like the Dow is going to be down about 450, 500 right out wow. of the chute. But, you know, guys, we've been to this rodeo before yep. and trying to undo a mess that's been uh, the way it is for decades. Well, you're not going to do that without uh, a few bumps and bruises. Well, and I know, Dan, you said this on Friday, because we were talking about the economy and different things this past Friday on our show, Jason. And overall, since Trump's taken office, how much is the stock market up? I think it was at right around 17000 when he came in, and even with uh, today's beating, we'll still be at twenty six. So what is that, forty? some percent up, which yeah, isn't 40%. too bad. No, that's not too bad at all. No, so I wish I had to put my money in. You know, I, I sat, sat down and did some figuring over the weekend, Jason, and I mm-hmm. found out that no matter how I figure it out, zero times 40% is still zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. A lot of people uh, were very hesitant to enter the markets uh, all the way through Obama's presidency because they felt like 
The devil was right around the corner. It was kind of one of the most hated uh, market rallies we've seen in history. Uh, but, yeah, I think people are starting to come around now. Just don't get in too late if you're going to get in, Dan. Okay, so when it comes to the, the tariffs and all of that, Jason, and I know you don't have a crystal ball any more than we do, but do you think a lot of this is just sort of saber-sword rattling on the part of the, 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 the Trump uh, organization just to say, listen, guys, you know, China, you guys better start paying attention or uh, this may be coming? I think uh, Trump would very much like it to be saber-rattling. I don't think he wants to put tariffs on China or anyone else. He just wants them to drop their tariffs so we actually do have a free trade or fair trade. Uh, but I, I wouldn't doubt that he'll actually go through with it if he has to. He's pretty good at following through on what he says he's going to do. But yet, at the same token, he does want to see the market, because we know him. You know this as well as I. He wants to see the market up, so he knows when he does this, though, it's going to have a market hit. How do you feel like he handles that in his own world? You know, I think it's probably a tough decision, but at the end of the day, uh, rectifying a, a horrible trade deal in a horrible situation, uh, I can't say how he thinks, but if I was him, I would say, look, we got to, again, we're going to have some bumps and bruises. It's unfortunate short term, but if we can come up with a long-term deal that's much better for America, you know, you've got to sacrifice a little bit yeah. once in a while. Well, go ahead, Dan. Well, I was just going to say, you know, Jason, I don't know much about the market or, or people that enter it, but I do, I do drive for Uber and Lyft, and I have a lot of people in my car that kind of have real-world experience on stuff, and one of the people I had in my car is big with a certain telecommunication company here in town, and they were talking about how they moved a lot of their components from China back to North Carolina and have those things built there now. And then, so you look at stuff like that, you know, you kind of hear that. Then you hear what U.S. Steel has done. You know, they're going to be investing $1.2 billion into new plants and renovations uh, back in, I think, Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's been an awful lot of that coming. I think uh, Trump was just saying the other day Japan's investing another $40 billion in plants to build more cars here. So, you know, the message might be rough, and it might rattle our markets along with other world markets at times, but I think you can look and see that uh, results are happening. We're getting more investment in America, and, you know, the trade deals are getting better than they have been. So, Great point. Great yeah, point. It's hard okay, to, so, so one last question, Jason, and, yeah. and uh, when it comes to, you know, investing in all those different things, and this is something because Cassie, who is – young and probably at the early ages of investing, and Dan and I are at the later stages, and uh, Dave's probably in the middle. At what age should somebody start investing? I think the earlier the better. Uh, my son is 20 years old, and he just started his first kind of long-term plan. I was real proud of him. Uh, but, yeah, I think the earlier the better. It's amazing the difference at the end just by delaying, uh, you know, 10 years out. So okay. as soon as you can, I okay. would say, guys. All right. Sounds good. Jason, how do folks get a hold of you? Give us a call, 303-694-1600, or check out the website, chickspresidential.com. Great. Jason, thanks, and have a great week. Good talking to you. You guys, too. All right, take care. Chicks. Chicks. Presidential. We don't have that in ours, Dan. No. 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 Ours would be, uh... (laughs) I won't say. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you during the break what ours should say. Okay, just real quick on that financial thing. One thing I 
didn't want to keep him on too long. I respect his time and so on. But nothing's happened. This is what I hate about Wall Street, by the way. I know. Nothing has happened. There's some conversation. Trump sends out a tweet. There's been nothing enacted at all. Today is no different than Friday, yet all these knuckleheads on Wall Street get afraid of something. Well, you know, do you think that when they invented Wall Street that they'd be, they were talking to themselves, you know, one day a president's going to tweet something and it's going to cause the market to crash? No. No. I don't think that was and, ever and, foreseen. And I, I will say that there's a lot of folks on Wall Street that I'm sure are much smarter than I, are, I am in certain areas. But there's others where, frankly, I don't think so. Because they, they do some things at times where I just look at, like Tesla, for example. I look at them, and, and they give Tesla a market value of, you know, like $47 billion or some re- god-awful, ridiculous, insane thing that I don't think is ever going to happen. And yet these guys are supposedly geniuses. And they're not. They don't always get it right, They folks. don't. One thing to remember. Now, guys like Jason, I think you can tell just from listening to Jason, pretty... Pretty straightforward guy. He'll help you. He'll tell you what to do and so on. Yeah, Jason's definitely got it dialed in. No yeah, question he's, about He's it. a good guy. Yep. So, All right. So I told you guys we would do the uh, the 18 uh, things that have changed your life. That Well, that the uh, legislative yeah, session. The legislative session has done. Here okay. in Colorado. Yeah. All right. So here we go. You ready? Are you going to start with like 18 and go to number one? Is this like a countdown thing? Yeah. No, it's just a list of oh, things. Is it? Okay. There's no countdown. We'll decide which ones are worse than it's others. the Denver Post. They didn't really put them in any kind of order. Of course, the Denver Post probably thinks these are all good. Yeah, they probably want to give them a trophy. So Colorado's new Democrat-controlled General Assembly ended its year last week with significant changes to education, energy, and health care, even as a proposed tax request and stricter vaccination rules failed to clear both chambers. Residents' lives will be affected in ways big and small by the hundreds of bills lawmakers passed in the past four months. Governor Jared Polis has yet to sign bills passed in the session's final weeks, so they aren't certain to come to law quite yet. However, he has not indicated that he'll veto any of them. Education is the first one. If your child is one of the 13,000 scheduled to attend half-day kindergarten in the fall, good news, Polis and lawmakers found $175 million in the state budget for full-day kindergarten statewide and a separate bill set aside $25 million in marijuana tax revenue for construction renovation of classrooms and districts making the switch from half-day to full-day kindergarten, which, by the way, I am 1,000% against. I know Dave is for it because he has a kid in kindergarten, but... Yeah, built-in babysitter. What the heck? It's not even a built-in babysitter. It's, it's, a, it's a built-in indoctrinator. Well, exactly. Is what it is. In fact, what does kindergarten mean, Cassie? Look that up for me real quick. We did this the other day on our show. There's a meaning behind kindergarten. And it's a word that uh, I think most of you will find uh, interesting. We all just talk about it. By the way, Colorado is one of 19 states that require kindergarten. All 50 states don't require kindergarten. That, that's true. We are only one of 19 that does, which, by the way, I don't know why we do. To me... What do you learn in kindergarten anyways? Oh, you learn how to socialize. Oh, Charlie Charlie. told us how to tie his shoes. Yeah, Charlie. But you learn how to socialize because, you know, the best way to socialize a kid is throw him into a room with a bunch of kids that don't know anything about socialization. (laughs) It helps him socialize. Yeah, it helps him socialize. So what's kindergarten for? And what does it mean, Cassie? What's the meaning? I mean, the word kindergarten is a German word that means a garden full of children. That's it. Yeah, but the, the premise behind it was is that, once again, to take your children away from the parents... So the state can start influencing the kids. That was the whole point. Yeah, at the earliest age possible. I mean, I, I kind of look at it like, you My know. kid's ready to learn to read. He's going to go to school. He's going to learn to read. He's going to learn to count. And yep. that's what kindergarten's going to do. And he's going to learn that and global that's warming And the states real. that don't have kindergarten? Yes. Um, you know, like Oklahoma? Um, what, like the Azarks or the Ozarks, Ozarks. or whatever? The Azarks? 
right? Ozarks? We're right next to the Ozarks. It's a good Netflix series, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Side yeah. note. Side oh, note. they don't learn to read till later, so. But they don't have to. They're out doing their chores. I would, I'd be interesting to know that out of the, the 19 that do versus the, oh, you know, do my math real quick, the, what, 31 that don't, it would be interesting to see scholastically where kids in those states that don't require kindergarten end up. Yeah, but Dave's just kind of proven our point right now. Because how come all of a sudden now it's the state's responsibility to teach my kid how to read? It's not. How come I'm not teaching my kid how to read way before he even shows no, up to kindergarten? I, I mean, I have to come to work, but also he can be with like-minded people and all his people that are in the, all the other kids that are on the same level, and they're all learning together, which, like every other classroom, helps, helps yeah, you, you learn the, more. Um, do you have the Soviet national anthem anywhere, Dave? <laughs> kind of sounds like communism to me. <laughs> Plus, it's really nice that new legislation is going to save me 400 bucks a month. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what Dave's See, really that's after. That's the real point. That's hey, really oh, I want what to say he's after. To you guys. For so anyway, so if you're a parent paying tuition to your local school district for full-day kindergarten, you can now pocket that money. Districts will be prohibited from charging tuition. If your district was already offering full-day kindergarten for free, it will now have more money to spend elsewhere, including preschool. Which, by the way, folks, this is all a part, in my opinion, of Jared Polis and the left – and I got a quick call on the left. They're communists, everybody. Jared Polis, everybody that's a Democrat in Colorado, these are communists that we're talking about. These are not Democrats. No. They are communists. Yes. Start calling it like it is. And by the way, the other thing that irritates me, I'll say it on this show because I say it on mine all the time, we don't have a democracy. Every time you hear a politician say democracy, turn the channel or tell them they're wrong. Because we don't have a democracy. Not, not yet. We're working on it. Yeah, they want us to. Yet. And the reason they continue to say these things is they want you to think we have a democracy. The reality is we are a republic. We are not a democracy. We do not want to be a democracy. So anytime you're on the water cooler and you hear somebody say, well, it's a threat to our democracy. Good. We don't want it anyway. Show me in history where one pure democracy where the situation ever ended well. It hasn't. That's why we don't have one. That's right. Our founding fathers knew that, and they said we want a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Every time you see some dumb politician say the word democracy, which, by the way, the guys on the right do it from time to time as well. In my opinion, it's a brainwashing of the American public to get us to accept democracy. It's not what it is, folks. We don't want democracy. No. And it is a it is a it is a brainwashing of the American public, and frankly, I think that's what kindergarten's for. Well, and you know what communists always run under? Democracy. Quote unquote. Yeah. Um again, I, I look at full day kindergarten as just one more step the communist and the left want to take towards than preschool because the earlier they can get a hold of your kids, the better chance of indoctrinating they, indoctrinating them they have. No, that's well, and it's, it's not to. free. I mean, I understand. Yeah, there's some like you know you're not directly you know signing a check for that anymore. But yeah, you know, but it's, it's free it's for Dave, not which free. that's important. Yeah. It's free. For All right, Dave. we'll come right back. This is the Americhicks, John Rush, your host, Dan Muir, Cassie George, and Dave is our engineer. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. 
Presidential Wealth Management has educated thousands of Coloradans at our free financial education classes. We're offering two Social Security classes in May. Our Arvada class will be held at the Apex Center Tuesday, May 7th at 6.30 p.m. and Saturday, May 11th at 10 a.m. Our Lakewood class will be held at the Lakewood Library on Tuesday, May 14th and Thursday, May 16th at 6 p.m. Go to chickspresidential.com to sign up online or call 303-694-1600 and make your reservation with Natalie. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, May 3rd, features will include Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Shazam. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. All right, Americhicks, John Rush, Dan Muir, Cassie George, and Dave is our engineer. It's actually the Ameri dudes and the one Americhick. One Americhick. Yeah, three dudes and one chick. One, yeah, three dudes and one. You feel outnumbered? I always feel outnumbered. Makes you tougher. That's right. does. All right, so the next thing that the legislatures did, legislature did to change the lives of us here in Colorado is guns. Lawmakers passed one significant gun bill, and it was predictably controversial. The law called a red flag or extreme risk protection order, which, by the way, I hate them. I hate, I hate it being called that because it's not a protection order. It's stupid. Will allow judges to order the temporary seizure of your guns if you're found to be a serious threat to yourself or others. Now, real quick, let's make sure we explain this. That complaint about you being a serious threat, you have no ability to prove that you're not. In this particular kangaroo court, they're going to call law to say that you should still keep your guns. Yeah, and, and this con- is a guilty before proven innocent. No question thing. about it. They're calling it some sort of a civil matter, which I don't get either. Not only that, you never have to face your accuser. Your accuser never has to be faced by you. And by the way, what's the odds of this happening? It says in the first seven weeks of Maryland's red flag law, there were 172 complaints. Twenty-four of them got their guns back. Which means they oh. confiscated about 150 people's guns. Holy cow. Colorado bill was signed by Polis, and the courts must be prepared to begin taking requests by January 1 of 2020. Yeah, I've got my email ready on you. I'm sure there'll be plenty, given the fact so that got, the things I say in the afternoon. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, it's already. I've been, I've been trying to do this with you for a long time. It's just like, you know, come on. Dan is tongue-in-cheek, but he's not far off in exactly what could happen in this particular situation. No, it's exactly what could happen. If you feel because of the of the the way someone is talking or the way that they are behaving, you can actually go to a court and file a petition against them to have their guns taken away all because of something they said. Exactly. And I think one of the scariest aspects of this whole thing is if you wanted to do harm to somebody, what a better way to disarm that person, know that they're disarmed, than you could go in and either rob from them, hurt them, do whatever you could because you know they're not armed anymore. Well, and I talked to Ken Buck about this a little bit on Saturday night as well. Here, here's the reality of this whole thing. Actually, Ken Buck and I sat next to a, a, a detective at my table as well. And here's the reality. And this is, this is what lawmakers don't understand. If somebody really wants to own a gun or buy one, do you really think they're going to the gun store to buy one? The answer is no. If you know where to go buy a gun, 
and how to get your hands on one, if you're really intent on harming someone, you'll do it, folks. Well, and the Democrats know this because they're always claiming that the streets are full of guns. As a matter of fact, I had to dodge some on the road on the Last, way in. Yeah, and they're, they're running, they're running everywhere. rampant. They're everywhere. Running everywhere. Those, those things, those bad guns. I know it. Yeah, but we know that that's, you know, it's just not true because you see places like Europe that have largely been private gun ownership, and um, it's a lot harder to get your hands on a gun. And what do they have? Stabbings. Yeah, killings. Just, still you murder. Run you over with a car or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah, people in, still kill people. If England, people have the intent to it's a heart issue. If you have the intent to kill, you're going to do it. That's right. It's not like you suddenly get your hands on a gun and you think, wow, I should go kill people. That's right. Yeah, see, I have no idea what you're talking about. Nobody ever died until guns were invented. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that rock that old uh, uh, Kane hit Abel with had, you know, had, you know. It was actually a Colt. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. The Colt yeah. 45. It came back from got the future. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. It came back from the future know, to the he past. He didn't know how to pull the trigger, so he just used the handle and whacked And I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Goliath, you know, David and Goliath, everybody knows that story. I'm thinking that Goliath was thinking that he got shot with a uh, 357 Magnum. That's right, and he it, did. It wasn't a sling and a stone. No, no, no. David's just a good shot. And By the way, this guy was like a nine-foot-tall giant, mm-hmm. yet you could kill a giant with a, a sling rock. and a stone. Right. So, therefore, we are now going to register all slings and stones. That's what the Democrats would yeah. like. Actually, the communists. Keep in mind, folks, this whole red flag bill, and, and as much as I, and I, I'll say this up front, as much as I love the two sheriffs that were behind that, they are dead wrong. They let their emotions get in front of their constitutional duty to the citizens of their counties. And I mean that sincerely. Tony Sher- Sherlock and Spurlock. Pelly, or, or Spurlock, Spurlock, sorry, Spurlock and Pelly. Uh, both sheriffs that had some involvement in the shooting that spurred all of this on, uh, both of them are dead wrong. I-, I like both of you guys dearly, but you're dead wrong. You let your emotions get ahead of what things should be. Yeah, and this, especially this law will not solve that problem. Will not solve the problem they had at all. And, and, I, and I'm sorry that there was some, some things that happened in that particular shooting that spurred this along, but the reality is you're, you're not going to stop those things, guys. Be better prepared. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Things happen. It's called life. And, and this this attitude that the Democrat or the the left I, I'm not going to call them Democrats anymore that the, the communist left has that, that you know they're going to save every life. First of all, they don't want to save any lives. No, they just want your guns. Look they at abor- look at abortion, folks. If the if the communist left, in, in the case of even the red flag law, will tell you that they they they're out to save lives and they love people and they love their subjects. And, and believe me, when I say subject, that's exactly how they view you as a subject, Absolutely. not a citizen. If they if you think for one second. They believe that they love their subjects. You're crazy. They don't love their subjects. Look at abortion. Not one iota. They are the culture of death. There's no question about it. With, with abortion on one and euthanasia on the other, That's right. trying to take away your only means of self-defense, yep. really the only efficient means of self-defense, your, your firearm. They're going to tell you it's all about safety, but the reality is it's about control, folks. And by the way, gun control is not gun control. It's people control. That's what gun control is. Absolutely. Uh, the next one on the list is uh, drugs, the pharmaceutical kind. The bipartisan goal of lowering drug prices was attempted in a couple of bills sent to Polis. One allows for the importation of Canadian pharmaceuticals for sale in Colorado. If the state gets approved from the Trump administration, another bill that will soon be on the governor's desk will cap the amount of money a person with health insurance can be required to pay for insulin at $100 per 30-day supply. The bill tasked the attorney general with investigating insulin prices and writing a public report by November of 2020. Uh, I don't know much about either one of these, but I always get bothered 
when we have the government intrusion on pricing. We so, do not want government price fixing. So then what do they do? Force the companies to provide the insulin? I mean, here's your problem is that if you can only have $100 worth, then you should only get $100 worth with that money. So that means you're either going to have to make up the difference. What compels the drug company to have to sell you the insulin if they're not going to make any money on it? There isn't. So does that then create artificial shortages? Hard to say. Guess we'll find out. Uh, the next one is drugs, the recreational kind. If you're a marijuana smoker, it will get easier to smoke. If you're an investor, it'll get easier to invest. This year's bill allows publicly traded cannabis companies to operate in the state, allow for home delivery, and allow for social smoking places and add autism spectrum disorders to the list of conditions allowed for medical marijuana use. Now, that last one where you're allowing certain people with certain disorders to have a, a medical card, you know what? I, that's beyond my capability to understand all of that. But if that's something that can be proven, more power to them. The other two, I don't know anything well, about. Well, did you happen to notice if they included talk show hosts in that? Uh, probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. probably not. I, I thought maybe it would help. So we, I guess up to this point, we have not had publicly traded cannabis companies operating and home hmm. delivery was not an option. Now you can get it delivered right to your doorstep. Home delivery. And the public traded company. Now, here's something uh, interesting. Do they call that Uber weed? Weed. <laughs> Uber high. Uber high. Uber high. Yeah, that's a good one. Or a lift. It's just a yeah, lift. It's just there a lift go. altogether. Lifted. You're not, yeah, just, lifted. You've now just been lifted. Lifted. If you don't I know like what lifted that. is, then look it up, folks. Yeah, that's good. So a little, little, uh, so just for those of you that are maybe not quite awake in the morning, lifted means. You're going to go get high. Well, if you're saying, yeah, I'm lifted, then I'm li- you are I'm going to go get lifted. You're, you're going to go get high, right? So when you're doing Uber weed or delivering Uber weed, do you know how you get your tip? How? You bring a bag of Doritos and some Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I'm get all the munchies. There That's you right. go. That's all right. Uh, let's see. What are a few more on here? Uh, the last one, of course, on this list, and this is not all 18, but the next one on the list is SB 181, the gas and oil regulation bill that went through. Uh, there's so much there that I only have two minutes left. There's no way I could explain all of it. But let me just say this real quick. I've said this in the afternoons, and I know there's people out there listening that I may step on toes over this for, but I'm going to say it anyways. Here's what SB 181 did, in my opinion. Gave Anadarko monopoly. That's what SB 181 did. Explain that real quick. I'm saying it as it is. Because I believe wholeheartedly, because we've heard this from the inside, that Anadarko had a lot to do with the writing of 181, even though on their website and other places they will tell you that they didn't, they did. And it basically creates the type of infrastructure in Colorado where you're going to have one supreme gas and oil company running everything. And, 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 and here I, here's my answer as to why I believe that. Look at the offers that have come into Anadarko since SB 181 was even talked about. Now that it's passed, look at what's happened to Anadarko and its value. There's a bidding war now for Anadarko. Their, their, their last bid went up $5 billion over what Chevron offered. No kidding. So if you guys think I'm wrong, I want somebody to prove that I'm wrong, actually. I want somebody to come to me and say there's no proof at all that Anadarko didn't have anything to do with SB 181 and it's not helping prop up their pricing because you know what? It has and it will. And I believe wholeheartedly they had a lot to do with why 181 is in the state. You know, John, you're, it's always follow the money. Look at it, folks. Unbelievable. So, again, I don't think I'm wrong with that, guys. I know we got to get out of here. They have a, uh, we have a hard time out here. That was quick. That hour went by fast. I know. I told you guys it goes really fast. It really does. Kim, I got to love you for coming in this early and doing an hour because I'd want more time. Yeah, and thank you for entrusting your show with us. Not sure why she did that. I, I don't either. I'm All right. Sure. John Rush, Dan Muir, Cassie George, and Dave Keita, our engineer for the day. Guys, I really appreciate it. Kim, thank you so much for allowing us to take over your show for one hour. I'm not sure you'll ever do that again, but. <laughs> 
If so, we'll be happy to do it again. So appreciate it very much. You guys have a fabulous day. We will be back this afternoon. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And uh, we are on every day from 3 to 7. Hope you enjoyed our first hour today. And we'll continue to talk about things we talked about today in the 3 o'clock hour this afternoon. So with that, guys, have a fabulous day. This is KLZ 560. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce, through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them. Don't say